And peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a bit of arrogance that we as Christians can very easily succumb to. When we think that somehow we've got all the information we need. There's a little pun, a little memorization tool that says the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic information before leaving earth. Okay. It's a little more than just Basic. That's not quite a full description of what God's word is. But that arrogance rests in this idea that we don't need to be living and dwelling in this word that God has given us. That it really ought to be like the air that we breathe, that we cannot be sustained without it, that it is our focus, it is on our minds, it is our everything. As we hear during the season of Christmas, I know we've got a little bit of snow on the ground to help us remind us of Christmas, That word is Christ himself. He is the word made flesh, according to St. John's Gospel, the very first chapter. Where that word is, Jesus is. And when we don't make our home in that word, we end up ill-equipped to live in this world in which we find ourselves. And so it was the case for the two disciples who were walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus encountered them, but it says their eyes were kept from recognizing who he was. And they, they say to him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? (laughs) Does Jesus know? Clearly he does. He said to them, what things? Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed, and the word before God and the people, our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. And then they go on to report, Some women of our company amazed us 
They were at the tomb early in the morning. When they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. They've got a very good recounting of these events. That is indeed what had happened. In fact, you might say that is basic information concerning the events of Good Friday and Easter morning. And yet it was insufficient for them in this moment. And that is there in Jesus' response to them. Oh, foolish ones. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then these two disciples take part in the most blessed Bible study that has ever happened. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus takes the scriptures, at that point the Old Testament was all that had been written, and he shows these disciples how it is all about him, his coming, his suffering, his dying, and entering into glory. But not until he is risen from the dead. Oh, these disciples had basic information, but it still did not prepare them to handle that moment when they had trouble understanding that the work of God was unfolding before them. And we would do well, like those disciples, to recognize that God's plan is still unfolding before us. Yes, indeed, Christ has come, lived, suffered, died, risen, and ascended to his Father's right hand on high. But that is not the end, dear brothers and sisters. There is more yet to come. For Christ is risen from the dead, but our resurrection has not taken place yet. His kingdom of glory has not been brought in its fullness yet. Like those two disciples, we are still in the midst of these things unfolding before us. For Christ is risen, risen indeed, and his resurrection means our resurrection. And until that happens, where ought we to be but like those disciples in the scriptures? Where something astounding happens. After they get to Emmaus and they share a meal, we will get to that in a moment. It says, their eyes were open, they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us 
while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. Jesus makes himself known to his disciples in his word. And it is for that precise reason that he gives it to you, that you would know him as the one who was foretold from eternity to redeem you, rescue you, deliver you from this world of sin, death, and evil, and give to you a kingdom. You can only find that Jesus where he gives himself for you. Oh, indeed, Jesus is fully God, omnipresent, present in every place that we are. But the only place you will find Jesus for your comfort, your hope, your future, is where he gives himself to you for that purpose. For that. He gives you his word. And he gives you the breaking of bread. They drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. The disciples of Jesus find him, their risen and victorious Lord, when they gather at the table where bread is broken and he makes himself known to them. More than just basic information. The word that Jesus gives us, the bread he gives us to break in his holy communion, is our life, our breath, our sustenance in this world. And so you, dear children of God, as you gather here, as I said at the outset of the service, in divine service. Your loving God gives good things to you. But those good things are not just basic necessities, they are everything. For what he gives you is Jesus himself. The risen Lord Jesus, the one who triumphed over the grave, is here for you, for your rescue, for your deliverance, for your hope and future in the word he gives to you and in the bread he breaks 
with you. This day, this gathering, is Aramaeus. It is where we come to find Jesus. And here we find him with hope for the weariness this world dumps on us day in and day out. And how foolish we are if we don't recognize that about this word and this bread that we break. That it is indeed our everything. For your Savior, Jesus Christ, who rose from the grave, who appeared to hundreds upon hundreds of people after his resurrection, continues to appear to you in his word from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between that reveals your rescue and your salvation. Who comes to you in the bread that we break and the cup that we drink that we might know he is risen from the grave. Risen. Indeed. It would indeed be the height of arrogance for us to fall into an assumption I've got basically everything covered. The word of the Lord endures forever, St. Peter quoted in our epistle. This word, this meal he gives you are living. They are life and they do not end because Jesus does not end. His word, his body given in the bread that we break, along with his blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins, they are eternal medicine. The cure for sin-sick souls, for grief, for brokenness, for hurt, for plain old weariness from this world. Christ is risen, and risen indeed. And God grant us to turn away from foolishness and arrogance to realize this risen Lord is still appearing to his disciples. He appears to you this very day. God grant that you have burning hearts like those disciples that recognize your risen Lord who comes to you this very day. And every time, we gather around the word and the breaking of the bread.
Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.